This week we read about the tragic story of Korach. Korach and his followers accused Moshe of nepotism. They reasoned that they should also be given the opportunity to perform the Avoidah in the Beis HaMikdash. Korach is remembered infamously for all time. Korach's rebellion is one of the great tragedies that Kla Yisrael experienced during the years in the Midbar. The Medrash in Parshat Baloischa says, at the inauguration of the Mishkan, when Aharon Akoyin saw all the Nesim offer their sacrifices and he wasn't included, he despaired, he was despondent. So Kaddish Baruch consoled him and he said, Chayecha, I swear, your portion will be greater than theirs, because you will arrange and light the candles. The Ramban understands Hashem's promise to Aharon as referring to the Hanukkah Menorah, that Eden will light throughout the generations. And that consoled Aharon. If you think about it, Hashem's response is very atypical. Ostensibly, what was Aharon's complaint? It's not fair. Why am I excluded? What's the typical reply? Life is not fair. When Rebekah was tortured by the Romans, a seemingly much greater injustice, what did Hashem respond? Shtoik, kach also b'machshavtoi. I have my cheshboinus, and I won't reveal them to you. Why doesn't Hashem respond to Aharon? I got this. I know what I'm doing. So why here was Hashem so kind and generous in his response to Aharon? And the answer is, when it comes to Rachnius, spiritual aspirations, envy is to be commended. Jealousy amongst the Midah increases wisdom. The sense of competition, the fight for superiority is wonderful and healthy. However, when it comes to the material world, People complain, why am I always struggling financially, struggling with my health, with my children, with Shaduchim? Hashem says, I have a cheshbon, and you can't figure out my ways. What about Kairach? On the surface, one can surmise, both Aharon and Kairach were acting with altruistic motives. They were both driven by spiritual aspirations. They both had the same intention. They both wanted to do a void in the Mishkan and come closer to Hashem. So what indeed is the difference between Aharon's Chalisha Sadas, which is considered virtuous and laudable, and Korach's envy and jealousy, which is considered destructive and toxic? So one saw a powerful idea as to the distinction between the two. Chalisha Sadas is directed inward. Jealousy is directed outward. Chalisha Sadas is felt but one had previously thought that a certain accomplishment was personally unattainable until he sees that someone else was able to master it. At that point, he's bothered. Why didn't I also achieve that lofty level? Why can't I be a Rosh Yeshiva? Why don't I get a promotion? What am I doing wrong? The other person's accomplishments demonstrates to himself his own failing. Jealousy, however, is focused on the other person. It bothers the jealous person that someone else has something that he doesn't have. He isn't driven by a quest for personal greatness as much as accolades and recognition to outshine everyone else. He's not motivated by ambition and growth, but rather by greed and jealousy. So how can one know if the feeling that he has is a result of Chalish Sadas or a feeling of jealousy? And the answer is, if he's able to be pacified by being told that he will accomplish the same things at a later time, that is indicative of the fact that it's Chalish Sadas. If he feels pain by his lack of accomplishment and is sincerely driven by a desire to be great, he'll be comforted in knowing that for now he has done all he can and the positive outcome will occur when the time is right. However, someone who's driven by jealousy, he won't be satisfied knowing that he has done the best. The fact that someone else is ahead of him or received the position that he wanted 
will continue to eat away at him and will give him no peace. That is the epitome of jealousy. So when Aharon felt Chalish Sadas, Hashem told him, Hashem was telling Aharon, you feel badly that you couldn't bring about Kvot like the other Nesim? Don't worry about it. There will come a time when your descendants will generate even greater Kvot When Aharon heard that, he understood that it was not a failing on his part, so he was satisfied. The fact that it wouldn't come for some time, that didn't bother him. For now, he had done all he could. Koirach, on the other hand, had a very different reaction. Rashi asks, Korach was a smart person. How could he be so irrational? Says Rashi, his vision deceived him. Hashem showed him prophetically a great chain of descendants emerging from him, including the great prophet Shmuel Hanavi. Why did Hashem do that? Because that vision provided the real test whether Korach's motive was altruistic or plain jealousy. When Korach recognized that Shmuel would descend from him, that should have pacified him. If his real motive was to bring about Kvot he should have concluded it will come, but not yet. The fact that Korach drew the opposite conclusion and demanded greater prestige because of his great descendant showed that he wasn't motivated by Kvot but rather by selfish desire for power and jealousy. And that's the difference between Aharon and Korach. There's a story told that when Rav Shach Zatzal was a young yeshiva bacher, he lived in tremendous poverty. At one point, he was invited to join the prestigious yeshiva Sechach Meleblin. It was for the most elite bacherim of the time. It was housed in an upscale building and the students were treated royally as befitting great Tamida Chachamim. And as can be imagined, Rav Shach was very excited by the invitation. However, he first went to consult with Rav Chaim Oizer, the Torah leader of the time. And Rabchaim Oizer told him not to go. And Rabshach tried to explain how difficult his situation was and how much better it would be for him if he joined the yeshiva. Rabchaim Oizer told him, Lazer, your time will come, but not yet. Ten years later, Rabshach was speaking to a friend, Rab David Rapberg. He recounted his conversation with Rabchaim Oizer, and then he said, It's been ten years since then, and I'm still living in terrible poverty. I never know where my next meal will come from. Fast forward 30 years, in the early 1980s, the same friend was in Bnei Barak and he went to visit Reb Shach. By then Reb Shach was the renowned Rosh Yeshiva of Panovich and was known across the globe as the leader of the Torah world. And Reb David entered Reb Shach's home and after they exchanged some pleasantries, he said, I just wanted to remind the Rosh Yeshiva that the great Reb Chaim Oizer's words have been fulfilled. Your time has definitely arrived. If we work for something and we really mean it L'Shem Shemayim, it might take some time, but Hashem says, Chayecha, I swear, it will come to fruition. And now, we know. Have a wonderful day.